For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Sollins. Having now fully satisfied the action plan given by the Financial Action Task Force, Cayman is now eligible to be taken off the list of countries under watch for deficiencies in their anti-money laundering and countering the financial of tourism regimes. As Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego reports, subject to completing an on-site visit by the FATF. The decision was announced today following FATF's plenary. The Attorney General, the Honorable Samuel Bulgin, KC, the Minister of Financial Services and Commerce, the Honorable Andre Ebanks, and the head of the Anti-Money Laundering Unit, Mr. Francis Arana, represented and discussed progress made on the last of the three recommended actions in the FATF Action Plan. The on-site FATF visit is part of the delisting process, a standard requirement. Officials are expecting that visit to happen late August or early September. During the visit, officials say FATF assessors will visit the Cayman Islands to meet in person with local stakeholders to assess the operation of our action plan in practice and its sustainability. An on-site visit report then will be presented at the next FATF plenary, now scheduled for October this year, at which the Cayman Islands will receive confirmation as to whether it will be delisted. FATF listed the Cayman Islands back in February 2021. To be delisted, FATF required Cayman to complete three recommendations actions. These actions were what remained from 63 actions following a post-observation period report to the FATF in February 2021. Minister of Financial Services and Commerce, the Honorable Andre Ebanks. Satisfying all of the 63 recommended actions is a major step towards the Cayman Islands being delisted. But as is the case for other listed countries that have met this milestone, there is one more step to complete and all relevant stakeholders need to remain focused. Officials say preparations are already underway for the on-site visit of the America's Joint Group, a subgroup of the FATF's International Cooperation Review Group. A final decision will be made by the FATF at its October 2023 plenary. Shanda Gallego, Radio Cayman News. Building new attractions in Cayman, providing and having access to funding for entrepreneurs to bring new business offerings is where the focus needs to be in the short and long term, so says Tourism and Ports Minister Honorable Kenneth Bryan. And that's why I'll be seeking funding in the next budget coming up to help small businesses and entrepreneurs to set up small shops across our country so that we can increase the number of authentic tourism products and services particularly outside our traditional tourism hotspots. Organizers of the 2023 Florida Caribbean Cruise Association Platinum Members Summit hosted a live press briefing to update Cayman residents about recent meetings between cruise executives and local stakeholders. It's the first time the annual FCCA Platinum Members Summit conference has been held in the Cayman Islands. It has been exceptionally valuable not just from the operators within the industry, but for the ministry and the Department of Tourism and for all their local crews, operators and stakeholders who attended. Minister Bryan says discussions with cruise line executives and business owners this week confirm there is appetite for change in the traditional cruise business model and to have different models within the industry catering to different types of offerings within each subsector. The question is, how can we achieve that? And it is invariably leads to us looking at how the distribution of income can be rebalanced so that businesses and entrepreneurs and small cruise line operators can still earn a good living without negatively impacting the very product that is called Destination Cayman. 
The bottom line is that successfully rebalancing that equation will require us to look at developing new products and tours and discerning guests who are prepared to pay more for more exclusive experiences. Minister Bryan says for 2023, the tourism ministry has set a target of 70% of the 2019 passenger numbers, equating to 1.2 million passengers. Director for the Department of Tourism Rosa Harris says Cayman is well on the way to meeting that target as she revealed the year-to-date performance. For January through May 2023, Cayman has welcomed 666,000 cruise passengers, representing 73.8% of 2019's capacity. This week we were able to talk with cruise executives and also invite our partners to speak with them, to look into opportunities for partners to say what their concepts are, their business ideas are, and to work hand in hand with cruise lines to make it better and to deliver that offering to visitors for when they visit Cayman. Mrs. Harris says it's important for the country to continue to diversify, adding that there's much more Cayman has to offer. From our March familiarization trip with FCCA to the conference this week, we have a lot of information that we want to be able to work with industry partners on to be able to deliver more opportunities. And that will be underpinned by, hopefully in the next budget, Minister, where we'll be able to deliver a visitor development experience fund uh, to be able to help entrepreneurs, new and old, uh, to, to be able to invest and get it started up. The director says the outlook for crews is stable and the travel sentiment overall is very positive. MPs discuss the shuffling of funds to cover health care costs for inmates. Acting Chief Officer in the Ministry of Home Affairs, Michael Ebanks. And what's driving the change in, in or increasing costs for uh, health care costs for inmates? A significant portion of that was in relation to the COVID crisis that we were trying to manage actively in the prison to create a safe environment given the need to manage inmates generally as well as to manage the visitation protocols that were occurring during that time. There was also a significant cost to an agreement, a legal agreement, which is under a non-disclosure clause. The other matters were related to the accommodation of family members visiting persons who are in UK facilities as a matter of our obligations under the Human Rights Convention to allow the unity of family wherever wherever possible. The supplemental appropriation changes include pulling more than $693,000 from the 2022 budget for policy advice, legislation initiatives, and ministerial services, and 700 grand from the budget for correctional supervision, intervention, and support services, then adding $1.8 million to the appropriation for prison custodial services for the reason of, quote, reallocation of funding to prison services to cover health care costs for inmates, as well as other operational expenses. The settlement claim mentioned by Mr. Ebanks of just under $424,000 was included in the appropriations. So we got 1.4 million increase in what is ostensibly the health care cost then and the other operational expenses that you referred to. Three, Mr. Chairman, that is correct, sir. Okay. Mr. Chairman, uh, the minister's asked me also to reflect that those costs also include the increase in utility costs and maintenance of the actual facility, uh, His Majesty's Prison Northward as well too. Bodentown MP Chris Saunders voiced concern in the nearly 15% cut in funding for correctional supervision, intervention and support services. 
this is quite a material amount. So the question is, what programs or what else was done in terms of rehabilitation for our guests at Northward? Uh, the House will appreciate that rehabilitation uh, does not take place in isolation in terms of the prison service alone. Uh, we have a number of partners that we have worked with, including the Department of Community Rehabilitation and, and others, in, including the police service, our partners in the education field, and through the the strategy overall of joined up services and a joined up government, we've been able to actually create efficiency gains by increasing our partnerships and bringing those entities into Northward Prison to facil- facilitate either drug re- rehabilitation programs, education programs, intervention and supervision programs as well too. Uh, so it's not the prison service acting alone, but us acting partnership. The appropriations were approved by MPs and Finance Committee. On Wednesday, June 21st, police arrested a man aged 21 of West Bay and a woman aged 23 of Georgetown in relation to the incident on Thursday, June 15th, where there was an altercation between people at a residence off Bonneville Drive in West Bay during which a firearm was reported to have been brandished. Police conducted a search of the residence where the man and woman were found and recovered a quantity of ganja along with drug paraphernalia. The man and woman were further arrested on drug offenses. No firearm was recovered. Both persons have now been formally charged with assault, ABH, possession of ganja, and consumption of ganja. The man has also been charged with possession of a utensil used in the consumption of ganja. Both appeared in court June 23rd and were granted bail pending a further appearance on July 13th. The Health Services Authority, Cayman AIDS Foundation, and the Cayman Islands Red Cross will again join forces in coordinating activities to mark HIV testing week to be observed in the Cayman Islands from June 26th till the 30th. This is in support of the National Testing Day on June 27th. The theme for 2023 is take the test and take the next step. Free HIV testing centers will be available across all three Cayman Islands. Persons seeking testing or counseling may indicate to the registration clerks that they would like to register for free HIV testing. The procedure involves a quick and simple blood test. No appointment is necessary during the specified times on the HIV schedule and wait times will be short. The results will be available within three working days or less and given to the patient in person only at the clinic where they took the test. This is to protect the individual's confidentiality and offer post-test counseling. The school leaver ceremonies continue. Here's CIGTV's Donna Bush. Well, 72 boys and girls have left the classrooms of the Joanna Clark Primary School in Savannah as they get ready to move on to high school after their summer holidays. Attending the school's graduation on behalf of Education Minister this week was Parliamentary Secretary Ms. Heather Bodden. Our theme for this special occasion is Inspiring Minds, A Bright Future. And indeed, each and every one of you possess an inspired mind. Bursting with creativity, curiosity, and the power to shape the world around you. During the graduation, teachers, parents, family, and friends were entertained with singing by the school's choir, the principal's reflection, and a look at the students' memories reel. Former student Jonathan Jackson was the guest speaker, and students were presented with their certificates and awards by various members of the Department of Education Services team. We say congratulations to those students. And that's your evening news for Radio Cayman. I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins.